is here right now. Amen. I believe, as Brother Miller said, that this, the Lord wants to do something different today. He wants to have a move in this place. He is here. We have invited Him into this place today. He wants to minister. He wants to reach into the hearts and souls of each one of us today. Hallelujah. And if we could just take a moment, each individual, if we could just pray. I know that there's things that we have on our mind and agendas that we have in our mind and things that we need to accomplish today. And there's all kinds of disruptions that are going on in our mind and in our spirit. But for this moment that we're here, if we could just pray individually that God would allow us and help us to move everything out of the way that we can hear from Him today, that we can hear from heaven today, because the Lord has something for each one of us today. Every time I come to the house of God, God speaks a word to my life. He speaks into my spirit. No matter what it is, it's usually it's something totally unexpected, but God speaks a word to me because the Bible says that His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to... Do, to to divide asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He knows where we are right now, each one of us, individually and personally. He knows where we're sitting. He knows where we are in our mind, in our walk, in our spirit. And he's, his desire has been all this time to minister in this place. So let's pray for ourselves, for one another. Amen. That God will just have His way in this service, the remainder of this service. Father, we love You today. Father, I need to hear from You today. I need to hear from heaven today. Father, there are things in my mind, in my spirit. Lord Jesus, help me to lay those things down right now. To lay those things aside. Lord Jesus, those things don't matter right now. What matters is what You are doing in this house today. Father, give me an ear to hear. Father, give me a mind to understand and receive what you have for me today. And Father, help me, Lord Jesus, to use what you've given me today. Lord Jesus, to apply it to my life. Lord, every individual in this place is in need today. Every one of us has a need. Every one of us has a desire, a deep-seated, a deep-rooted desire to do something, to be something for the kingdom of God. Feed us, Lord, today. Feed us, Lord, as you've already fed us, oh God. Hallelujah. It might seem like we just can't receive anymore, but God, I'm asking you to make room. Hallelujah. That we can receive from you, exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think today. Help us to receive from you today. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, there's power in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, the devil's flee at the mention of his name. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That name that's above every name. Hallelujah. He's above every name of sickness, disease, financial difficulty, whatever it is you're dealing with. His name is above that name of that thing. Amen. When we cast all our care upon Him, Amen. He's going to take care of it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Amen. What a mighty God we serve today. Yes. Amen. He is not just a God today. He is the God today. The Almighty God. Amen. 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 He fills all space and time. Yes. He is the infinite God. That symbol for infinity, it's a sideways number eight. It just keeps going. There, there is nowhere that you can go on this earth where God is not there. From the deepest pit to the highest height and everywhere in between. Amen. The Bible says if you go in the depths of the sea, He's there. Amen. So He's as close as the mention of His name today. And He is in this place. Amen. When we entertain His presence, when we praise Him and lift Him up, He comes down and He settles in the midst of us to minister. Amen. 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 If you're hungering, if you're thirsting after righteousness today, I guarantee you, you're going to be filled. Amen. God is not slack concerning His promises. Amen. He is faithful to us. Hallelujah. If we could turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 34. Hallelujah. Amen. God has something for you today. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, God has something for me today. God has something. Amen. I've come hungry. Amen. You don't go to a restaurant right after you've eaten. You go there hungry. Amen. And God has something for us today. If you're hungry, He'll feed you. The book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 34. If you're there, say amen. Everybody should say amen. It's up on the board. <laughs> amen. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Father, we thank you for your good word today, Lord. I know that you're here, Lord. I know that you're going to speak a word to these people today. Father, give them an ear to hear and a mind to receive and a, a spirit to, to take in what you brought today, Lord, to this place, that they would receive and understand and apply to their life your word and your power and your presence. Let it be in this place today. Have your way among us today. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. In the uh, Amplified Bible, that same verse says, And Jesus called to him the throng of, with his disciples and said unto them, If anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interests, and take up his cross, and joining me as a disciple and siding with my party, follow me, continually cleaving steadfastly to me. Amen. And so it's, it's a little bit more than just simply denying yourself. Amen. I can deny myself by just saying, I'm not going to have that piece of cake after I ate a big dinner. But it's much, much more than just simply denying yourself. It's acknowledging that He is King and Lord of your life. Amen. How many of us 
Remember, when we went to that altar of repentance, amen, you made a commitment to God. You made some promises to God at that point in your limited knowledge and understanding of the Word of God and of what was happening in your life. You made some promises to God, each one of us individually, said, God, if you will do this, if you'll fill me with the Holy Ghost, I'll serve you, or I'll, whatever we said we did, you can fill in the blank. And we made some commitments. We made some promises to God. And, you know, we were praying yesterday, and I heard Pastor Parker saying as he was praying that God never forgets a prayer. And that's true. Those people have been praying there in Boston, and God hasn't forgot their prayer. And we were there because they prayed. Somebody come down and pray for this city. I believe that. And so God doesn't forget a prayer, and he doesn't forget a vow that we make to him. Amen? And so we made a vow. And whatever level we were at, we made a vow that we were going to do exactly what this Scripture said, to take up our cross and follow Him. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live I, in the flesh, got to live in this flesh, amen, Got to deal with this flesh. We got to, we got this flesh. We got to walk around and we got to deal with it. The life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. And so we don't have to go this thing alone. Amen. We've got him by our side. Amen. We've got him. I was telling the kids downstairs, I said, you all have the same amount of Holy Ghost as Pastor Parker or anybody else upstairs. I said, you have the same. God doesn't give you any less Holy Ghost because you're younger or smaller or any of that. I said, you have the same power to tread on serpents and scorpions. You have the same power to lay hands on somebody and God heal them. So I was encouraging the kids, you have the same power and Holy Ghost that, that us adults have. We, it's just a matter of how you use it. Amen. God honors faith. Amen. I was telling them how we had a young Marine in the church in Okinawa that got the Holy Ghost in his barracks room by himself. Somebody just told him, if you'll go pray, we gave him a few scriptures, and, and he, he had a very limited knowledge. If you'll just pray, and if you'll just repent, God will fill you with Well, he believed that enough to go back to his barracks room on Camp Kinzer and pray. And the next service, he came in announcing to everybody that he received the Holy Ghost in his barracks room. Amen. So God just honors faith. So how did that happen? Well, we're going to talk about that today. And... I guess for for the purpose of a title, I guess it's the title of this message is a cup. I don't know how you did it, cup or conduit, conduit or a cup. Everybody knows what a cup is, right? Right? It's a cup. This whoops. This could be a cup because it's got a it's got an opening and it's it's not open on the bottom. So once it's full, it's full. You can't put any more in there, right? You could keep pouring, right? It would just kind of spill out everywhere. Now, a conduit, anybody in here has done any construction, you know it's just a pipe with no bottom. Just a piece of pipe with no bottom. You start pouring water in a conduit, what's going to happen? You're going to have to go get some more water. It's just going to keep flowing through there. You're just going to have to keep pouring 
Because it's never going to stop flowing through there. Hopefully it's not going to stop up. We've had some pipes stopped up before, right? If you're in Pentecost, you've got a lady with some hair. You've had some drain pipes clogged up. Amen. But what we're talking about is not that kind of pipe. We're talking about our life. We're talking about us as individuals being either a cup or a conduit. Well, how are we a cup or a conduit? Well, cup has limited capacity, like I said, and it's, once it's full, it can receive no more. Amen? And so as a cup, once we are full, we aren't accomplishing very much. We, we've received from God, and we've received until we're full, and now what are we doing? We're just sitting there. We're not doing anything with it. That, what we've received, has not, it's not going anywhere. It's just kind of sitting there stagnant in us. Amen? And so the power of God can't really flow through a cup out to a lost world, amen? If we just take it in and just kind of hang on to it, we're not really doing much. And so a conduit, on the other hand, is just like I said, it's like a pipe. It's open at both ends. And, and so the one end is the, the end where we receive. And the other end is the end where it flows out. And so that's what God is wanting us to be today is, as we talk about this scripture, about denying ourselves. He's really talking to us about being a conduit. He wants us to just be open. He just wants us to receive what he has given to us and let it flow out. Because if you think about it, when you came to God, when somebody started talking to you about a Bible study, talking to you about the Lord, what was happening in their life? They were being used as a conduit. The, the, the Spirit of God was just flowing out of them. You know, the Bible says, go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, you can't just receive in and, and, and then not give out. You've got to let it flow through you because what are we? We're just a vessel for his purpose. We're just a vessel for his use. And that's not talking about a closed vessel. That's talking about an open, like, like somebody picking up a tool out of a toolbox or picking up a sword to go to battle. He, he is using us as a vessel in that way. And so God is wanting us to be a, a conduit. Amen. He's wanting the Holy Ghost to flow through us. Amen. Because we, we by ourselves can't do it. Amen. I couldn't save myself, Brother Miller. Somebody that was being operating as a conduit had to come to me and begin to share the love of God, begin to allow the love of God and the Spirit of God to flow through them out to me. They weren't keeping any of that into themselves. They were letting it just flow out. Amen. As a conduit. And so there was, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of cup mentality going on. Amen. If you read in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils, that they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Amen. A cistern, once you fill it up, it's full. And then after a while, it sits there and stagnates. It starts stinking. Amen. And so we don't want to be that, that kind of a of a... A vessel for the Lord, amen. And, and the, God sent Jeremiah to try to, to get Israel to wake up, amen. In Jeremiah 9.13 it says, And the Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart, and after Balaam which the, their fathers taught them. So we're kind of getting the idea here that when we're talking about a cup, now I know we sing songs like, fill my cup, Lord. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and 
you know, fill my cup. But that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, uh, and, and I, I can re- relate this to my own life because for many years as an apostolic, I was just like this. I was this cup. I was receiving in and I wasn't sharing anything out. Amen. Until one day I woke up from the, from the preaching of the Word of God, you know, how can they hear except somebody be sent? So somebody was sent to preach to me and to open my eyes and to wake me up. And so God is opening our eyes today. Amen. And so in First Samuel ten seventeen it says, And Samuel called the people together unto the Lord and to Mitzpah, and he said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and all your tribulations. Ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord, your tribes, and all your thousands. And so every time that Israel had a problem, you know, they were, if you read in the Old Testament, they were always, seemed like they were always getting in trouble and going into bondage. And then after a while of being in bondage, they'd cry out to the Lord, and he'd come deliver them. And so how were they ending up in bondage? They were acting like a cup. They would take in so much of God's law and so much of His will, and then they would say, okay, that's enough. We want to do it our way. Give us a king. We want to be like the people over there. Instead of being what God called them to be, they wanted to be like everybody else. Amen. And so they were acting like a cup. They were only taking in, all right, that's enough. God, I've had enough. I, I can't take anymore. I'm going to try this on my own. Thank you for bringing me this far. Amen. When God moves, when he speaks, and when he desires to move in our lives, we ought to submit ourselves to his authority and allow him to direct and to order our steps. Amen. Amen. I mean, the whole point of coming to the altar and repenting and turning Doing our 180 and turning from our life and saying, I'm not in charge anymore. I've been in charge and I've made a mess of things up to this point. And so we finally realize when we get to that place, okay, I've messed this thing up. I'm going to let God take control. And when we are at that altar, as I was saying earlier, we allow God, we give Him complete control of our life, even to the point of giving Him, allowing Him to control our very tongue. Amen. Because what happens when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that as evidenced by the, in, by the speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And He is not going to force you to do that. You've got to be opened up to, the, to allow Him to even flow through you for that to happen. And so you have, I believe for myself, at that moment when I received the Holy Ghost, when I was at that altar, I made myself, I, I transitioned from a cup to a conduit. Because I allowed the Spirit of God, I gave up. You know, hands up. I give up. I'm done. I can't do this. I'm making a mess of it. God, take control. Amen. And so sometimes in our life, though, as we walk with God, we kind of, can have a tendency to transition back to that cup mentality. Amen? You get a little more comfortable in your walk with God, and you get a little more confident, and if you're not keeping yourself in an attitude of prayer and humility and, and desiring for God to continue to lead your life after that, we can easily allow ourselves to fall back into this 
place where we begin to have confidence in ourselves. Amen? Philippians 2 and 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Right? No, it's His good pleasure. Amen. Is God going to hurt you? Is He going to make you go through something that's going to be painful sometimes? Maybe. But there's always a blessing on the other side. Always. Amen. John 15, in John 15, it specifically says that without Him, we can do nothing. We can't do one thing without Him. Now, we can accomplish a lot without God, but we can't really accomplish anything if we become that cup and we just say, all right, I'm done. I'm full. I don't want any more. I'll take over from here. Amen. When you're a conduit, you, don't, you aren't in control of your life. And that's a scary place, isn't it? Amen. When you give up complete control and you just give it to God and you just say, whatever you say, Think about the Apostle Paul. Whatever you say, I'll do. And the Apostle Paul went through some stuff for the kingdom. Amen? But he, he, he talked about He counted those things as dung. He counted them as lost for the, for the excellency that was in Christ. He was willing to suffer those things. Because his experience it was so profound in his life, he realized that he was a messenger and a vessel for God. And he realized that the minute he stepped in and tried to take control, it was going to mess everything up. Because Paul was that kind of a guy when he was a, well, a Pharisee, when he was killing the Christians. He was a guy that was in control. He was in command of his life. Amen. Who likes to be in command of their life? We all do. We all like to kind of feel like we're in charge and we're in control, don't we? That's just our nature. So it is contrary to our fleshly nature to act like a conduit. Amen. You know, the Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. And a lot of people like to go to that scripture and skip that little part and say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. (laughs) It don't work like that. You can't resist the devil unless you first submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Amen. And that word submit is a tough, oh man, it's a toughie. Amen. I have to submit to my wife. The Bible says I have to love my wife as the Lord loved the church and gave himself for it, right? Right? He submitted himself to the cross. Amen. Now, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not in submission to my like that. <laughs> Amen. But, amen, we, we have an understanding. We follow what that book says, and we get along just fine. Amen. I love her as the Lord loved the church. She holds her place. I hold my place. Amen. That's why we're still together after 32 years. Amen. Because you know what? If I had tried this all on my own, I would have messed it up royally. Amen. You wouldn't even be looking at that lady back there. Amen. But I had to give up my control, my hand of control in this thing. I had to become a conduit. Amen. James 5 and 16 says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. And so if we're being a cup, we, 
may not be necessarily in a condition where we we could be a prayer warrior, where we could have a prayer life that is effectual enough that we are tearing down strongholds, that we are doing these things. And and that's what God really needs, amen, uh, just for this city right here, amen. We we were talking in back in the back. We need to do some prayer walks here in La Crosse. We need to tear down some strongholds, amen. But we need to allow God to flow through us as a conduit. Amen. Because He's going to tell us to do some things. He's going to cause us to, to walk up to the door of somebody's house in a town where nobody knows us and begin to pray as these two gentlemen did and, and just say, can we pray for you about something? And God's going to have you do those things, but He, you won't be able to know that God's telling you to do that if you're acting like a cup. If you're just kind of taking it in and keep it to yourself. Amen. Romans 12 and 1 says, Let's us know that our reasonable service is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Amen? Our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength unto Him. In other words, we don't let our schedule dictate or, or how or what we are, are going to do with our lives. We make our lives available to Him so that He can flow through us as a vessel of honor to the fulfillment of His will. Amen. He's going to ask us to do some things as a conduit that that's not going to make sense, that we're not going to like, and our flesh is not going to want to do that. Amen. He's going to take cause us to get out of our comfort zone. Amen. Hallelujah. One preacher said, "If if we don't have a passion for the lost by now, we must seek God for Him to help us to allow His passion to flow through us, so that we can be motivated to keep on." fighting in the fight. Well, what's that fight we're fighting in? Amen. We're fighting in a battle. Amen. Amen. We are called to be soldiers in this thing. We are called to be warriors. Amen. The good fight of faith. The warriors in the battle, but the battle's not ours. The Bible says it's the Lord's. And so if, as we allow the Lord to flow through us, He's going to fight the battles. All we have to do is go out there and walk and pray in the Spirit. God was being released as we were praying yesterday in Boston. His spirit and power was being released, and He was doing the work. He was fighting in the battle. We were just being willing vessels, pouring ourselves out, making our bodies a willing sacrifice. It wasn't the most comfortable thing to do. It was a little chilly yesterday morning, and it was a long way to walk, and some people hadn't walked that far in a long time. Amen. But we were tearing down some strongholds. We were preparing the ground as Brother Plowman said, we were disturbing the ground. We were disturbing the soil so that it's never the same again in that city. Amen. But we had to be operating as conduits in that regard. Second Corinthians 10:3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Amen. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. And so the enemy, our, our enemy is going to try to exalt himself against the knowledge of God in our life. Amen. He's going to try to get us to just say, well, this is too hard. I want to fall back to my comfort zone. I want to fall back to being a cup. But we've got to resist that. Amen. Because God in this last day, He needs conduits. He needs people that are going to allow His Spirit to flow through them. And they're going to do as Paul did, whatever God asked Him to do. Romans 9 and 20 says, Nay, but 
O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power or authority over the clay? And some of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Amen. Who formed us? Who saved us? Who delivered us? Who put his power and his spirit in us? Amen. We didn't fill ourselves with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We opened ourselves up one day, and God began to fill us. And, and yes, it filled us up initially, but we realized that we've got to allow this thing to go out and to flow out, amen, and to share this gospel. Amen. Thank God for that. But what things, Paul says in Philippians 3 and 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted as lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Wow, he suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which, God, which is of God by faith. Amen. And so Paul is saying here he counted everything as lost. He laid everything down for the purpose of the kingdom. He became a conduit. And if you read through the, the New Testament, Paul writes these letters to all these churches. And he was, just, he was just a tool in the hand of God going throughout these cities, starting these churches. Making himself available to whatever the Lord was sending to do. Sometimes it meant he had to get beaten. Sometimes things happened in his life that weren't necessarily very comfortable. Amen. But he was that vessel. He made himself available as a conduit. And so, you know, all throughout the Bible, Moses, in, in the story of Moses, Moses was the conduit for that day. He was the one that God was flowing through. Dathan was the man that, that caused his brother Amen. To, to create that vessel of gold and, and to turn away from the God that had delivered them out of Egypt. Amen. And many other stories, amen, in the Bible that God was talking about, uh, even the disciples of Jesus Christ, they had to become as a conduit. Jesus told Peter, I, I'm going to make you fisher of men. I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to take you out of your place of ease and I'm going to cause you to be a man that's going to, to give your life for the kingdom. Amen. Amaziah was the father of King Uzziah. Amen. And the Bible says that he was a man that did right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Amen. And Amaziah raised up Uzziah. And, and when Uzziah became a young man, uh, he became king at about the age of 15. Amen. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but there was that little problem of his father. He was not perfect in his heart when he served the Lord. And so great things happened in the life of King Uzziah, and he got all successful, and he had all this great uh, battle success, and all these things happened in his life. And, and what happened to King Uzziah? He got a little bit prideful, and he started doing some things that were contrary to the Word of God. He went into the temple to burn incense, and what happened? King Uzziah died as a leper. Amen. He, he allowed himself the success of his life. To cause him to lose focus of what he was, he was being used. He forgot who was using him. He forgot what, how all these things were happening in his life. Is that God was flowing through him. He was being used as a vessel. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. 
we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. And so, the iniquity of us all. Amen. We've got to be careful of that iniquity getting into our lives and, and clogging up the conduit. Amen. The word iniquity in the first five books of the Bible talks about wickedness and lawlessness. Amen. So we've got to be careful about that. And I'm here to encourage you today, amen, that uh, God is trying to speak to us. God is trying to minister. He's trying to build this church up, amen, to a place where that we, as we become that conduit, amen, as we begin to allow that Spirit of God to flow out in this place, out of us, outside these doors, amen, God is going to begin to move and begin to build and raise up a church here like we've never seen, amen. The question that we need to ask ourselves today is, are we a cup or a conduit? And I'm coming to a close. As we look at our lives today, can we truly say that we have so completely submitted ourselves to His will and to His way that, that we have allowed ourselves to be a conduit? As we look back at the day that we made our first commitment to serve God with our whole hearts at an altar of repentance, can we now say that we have kept the word and kept our promise and kept our commitment to Him? If we could all stand in this place. Or have we gradually taken back control of what happens in our lives? Have I decided that God's brought me this far, I'm going to take it the rest of the way? Have we limited ourselves by taking control of our lives? Have we caused ourselves to revert back to that cup and not remain that conduit? As a conduit, we're flexible. As a conduit, it's not our will anymore. It's not our plan. It's not our purpose. It's not, we're not in command of our life. Amen. I, you know, I get up and go to work every day, and, and, uh, and I come home, and I take care of personal business at home, and, and all the things and the cares of this life are there, and we have to take care of those. We have to, we have to do those things, but I have, I've determined in the last couple of years that I, I'm not just going to get up and have my prayer time in the morning. I'm, I'm not just going to give God a, a few minutes of my time in the morning and maybe a few minutes of my time at night. But I'm going to walk through my day. And I'm going to walk. I've, I've determined that I'm going to walk in the presence of the Lord because I can't make it without Him. I can't keep switching from one thing to the other. I can't be a, a conduit in the morning and then when I decide I want to be in control, I want to be a cup. Amen. I've got to decide that God is going to rule and reign and control and minister and lead my life in the path that He's chosen for me. And so we've, we've got to do that, folks. We've got to find that place. Amen. Just as King Uzziah uh, that we were talking about, he allowed the time and success of his life to kind of to mar his thinking, and he began to think that he was doing it. Amen. And, and we, that's so easy to do. It's so easy to fall into that trap. And the enemy will talk to your mind and he'll tell you, it's okay. You got it. He doesn't want you to trust God. He doesn't want you to believe God to do things in your life. And so we need the Lord to take back the throne of our life. Amen. I need to put the Lord, I needed to put the Lord back on the throne of my life. I had allowed myself to get into that place. Amen. And it, it's a difference like you've never felt, amen, walking in the presence of the Lord, amen, waking up and feeling His presence and, and just knowing that that's not just 
a feeling that you have that that's the presence of the Lord there and he's ministering to me and you know, I was sharing with Brother Parker sometimes on my job the things I have to do are not exactly that comfortable for me to do climbing around in attics and things but you know I get in those attics and it's hot and sweaty and itchy and everything but I'm up there talking to the Lord I'm up there ministering to the Lord he's ministering to me he's, he's bringing a peace to me in those times even though he knows in my flesh I don't really want to be there God has brought me here in the, to this place, to La Crosse, Wisconsin, for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. And it's not about my comfort anymore. It's not about what I want anymore. It's about what He wants. And the Bible says that His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His plans are above our plans. And so I don't want to miss out on what's on the other side, the blessing that's on the other side of the trial or the temptation or the test or whatever I've got to go through for the kingdom. I don't want to miss out on that by becoming a cup and just kind of just pulling up into a corner and saying, all right, I'm just going to sit here and just be a saint and I'm not going to do anything. I'm sitting on the school bus. I'm waiting for the bus stop to get there so I can get off. Amen. I don't want to be stagnant in the kingdom of God. Amen. God has a purpose If you don't believe this, I'm going to tell you this. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. He's already got it written down. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So if if the God, the infinite God of wisdom, knew that there was going to be a Jesus Christ to die for your sins, it, it just stands to reason that He's already in. And so everything that's happening in your life is saying that every circumstance and situation that's happening in your life is not just a happenstance. It's part of a a bigger plan that if you could see the whole plan, it would blow your mind. Amen. But God's trying to gently lead us. He's trying to gently just kind of get us to walk in the direction that if we'll just be sensitive to His leading. Amen. He's got great things in store for us. And it might mean some trials. It might mean some tests. It might mean some difficulties. It might be some things happen in our life we don't understand. Amen. You know, the Bible says the trying of our faith worketh patience. And to let patience have her perfect work. Sometimes we're going to have to go through some stuff. Amen. If Jesus Christ had to submit himself to the cross... If Apostle Paul had to go through the things he had to go through, and he was a great one of the greatest preachers in the Bible, how are we to who are we to think that we're going to go through any less suffering or shame or whatever it is for the purpose and for the sake of the gospel? He counted himself the disciples counted themselves worthy to be beaten for the sake of the gospel. They were excited about it. Amen. None of us have reached that place yet. Amen. And so just as David prayed in the book of Psalms, do we need to take a good look at our life and say, and reevaluate and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. You know, there's times in our life we have to sit back and evaluate where we are financially, where we are Spiritually, where we are in, in many different avenues of our life as a leader, our leadership skills or whatever, we have reevaluate our life. Amen. And so we need to do some reevaluating today. I need to do some reevaluating in my life. Amen. And God is dealing with me. And when you feel Him 
dealing with you, you, it's going to rub up against the grain. It's going to go against what you're used to. But you've got to allow Him to do that. Because He's trying to work some things out of your life. He's trying to put some things into your life. But He's got to first get some stuff out of there. Amen. So we need to open ourselves up today as a conduit. Amen. And just let Him flow. Let Him flow through us. Father, we love you today. Father, I thank you for every individual in this room. Jesus, I thank you for your word and your power. I thank you for this word today, Lord, that is ministered in this place. I thank you for your wisdom and knowledge and understanding, the revelation that you've, that you've imparted in this place today, Father. You have spoken to the hearts and minds of individuals in this room. If you feel like the Lord's spoken to you and you'd like to come to this altar, we have this altar open right now. Amen. If you feel like you, you've got maybe need to make some steps in your life, if you feel like you need to, to, do, to do some reevaluating in your life, this is a safe place right here at this altar. You and Jesus. Amen. Just come up here if you feel led and, and bring, your, bring your, your needs, bring your trials, your tests, your difficulties, whatever it is you're facing to this altar today. And lay them at the altar before Jesus. Make yourself as a conduit in this place. Bring yourself to a place of understanding where you realize you're not in control anymore. Father, we love you and we thank you, Jesus.